Anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. Albert Einstein. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Turn Right Podcast. As we move closer to recapping 2021 and reaching year end, I wanted to create this episode about 10 mistakes that I've made in writing, whether it be actually writing the novel, drafting it, editing it, the process of writing, you name it. I wanted to identify these 10 things that I know that I've done wrong at some point in my writing journey or that I'm still doing wrong and kind of having trouble with just to call myself out, make myself accountable, and also share with you guys what I have learned in case you may be facing any of these difficulties as well. So number one, writing about things that are perceived as being controversial. And this does not necessarily mean that the event or action is inherently controversial. It just means it's being perceived that way. And I think the threshold for what is deemed controversial right now is very low. I think it's possibly lower than it's ever been before. And in some ways, I think that's really great. It's really great to be aware of other people's feelings and their backgrounds. And of course, you do not want to offend people. And I'm kind of like not talking about that kind of offensiveness, but just whenever something, like I said, that could be perceived as being controversial, but maybe the author or the person speaking about it didn't intend for the message to be that way. Um, I think even seemingly inoffensive things now today can be perceived in the wrong light. Um, And I kind of picked this as my first point because my current work in progress is about cancel culture. Now, sometimes I do believe in society cancel culture is necessary when people have done wrong things. You need to make other people accountable and hold them accountable for their actions. However, Sometimes I do, as a Christian woman, I do believe that people can be incorrectly canceled or I also believe that people can change from their mistakes. And now the story that I'm writing is about the protagonist being canceled. And in my story, I wanted to show that my protagonist is a good person and was incorrectly canceled because sometimes the wrong person can be canceled. And when I was writing this story, I didn't think it would be perceived as inherently controversial, right? I'm showing my protagonist in a good light. I'm showing that my protagonist was actually not the person that did this stuff, even though it all adds up and points to her. But there are some people out there that do not believe that that's true. They believe that people are canceled and it's black and white and nothing you can do can make up for it. And the right person is always canceled. They take it for what it is. And I think that's kind of a big thing about my story that if you possibly saw it at first glance, you might think that I'm writing about cancel culture incorrectly or some people may perceive that as being controversial. However, like I said, when I started writing this story, I wasn't thinking about that at all. So I would advise you as a new writer to be aware of every single angle of a piece of work that you're creating you know, get it out there to sensitivity readers. Maybe had I gotten this concept out to um, betas a couple months ago, maybe someone would have told me like, hey, Caitlin, maybe people would perceive this idea you have as being controversial. Maybe you don't perceive it that way. Or maybe, you know, it wouldn't even be perceived that way three, four years ago, but in today's climate, it is. 
Um, of course, if you don't care about being traditionally published, then forget this advice. But I'm just saying to be aware of the topics that you're choosing to write about. Number two, don't be afraid to make your chapters shorter and to the point. I really learned this lesson from reading The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. It's an enormously wrong, long book, pages-wise, but each chapter is very short, succinct, and to the point. I also noticed this being the case in Taylor Jenkins Reid's Malibu Rising, and each chapter is more pinpointed, and it's very specific on the scene and the character's feelings, and it's almost like the book is broken down into scenes rather than chapters, and... I think growing up, and especially as a new writer, you think we all have to be as long-winded as Celeste NG and um, authors like that, um, but that is simply not true. I think that really great writers can be super succinct and they can convey the information just as well. So I noticed for me in this new work in progress that I just embarked on, I'm making it a lot shorter. I'm making it more scene focused rather than chapter focused. And I noticed that the voice is a lot sharper. And I also think the story is moving better by me doing that. So don't be afraid to try that out in your own novel. Number three, develop minor characters arcs and weave them in throughout the story. This is something I have trouble with in almost every one of my stories. It's generally pretty easy for me to get the big concept, the theme, kind of know how it's all going to play out, uh, know these main events in the story, even the voice. But for some reason, minor characters, I just don't get as much in inspiration for them. And I think it's because I'm a pantser. I'm not really thinking through the entire story. Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, these bigger points in the story. Um, so my minor characters kind of suffer because of that. And in this work in progress, I really want to make my minor characters interesting. I really want to make sure they're bringing stuff to the table. Um, I think, you know, from the sweep to the book that I'm querying, I think that my minor characters did get better, but I still think there is potential. There was potential for me to make them a little bit more exciting and have more purpose throughout the story. And all the talk about pantsing kind of brings me to point number four. I will never be a plotter. I honestly want to be a plotter. I think that most people want to be a pantser, but I, I really wish I was a plotter. I wish I could see the story in detail from end to end, but I won't be like that. That's just not how my brain works. So I'm not forcing myself to outline. I am not getting stressed out because I don't know certain things in the story. I know they will come to me. I know it will unfold as I progress and I just have to keep pushing myself every day. And that's how I get stories done. But I am forcing myself to pause and reflect when I get stuck. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, push stories too far without thinking back to the beginning and how everything ties back. But I'm not forcing myself to get into any strict regimented outlining routines. Number five, this may sound a bit pessimistic, but don't expect anything from querying. I was a little heartbroken with my last work in progress, the one that's kind of about cancel culture. Um, I really thought it was a catchy idea. Like cancel culture, that's a big thing in our society. I thought I had executed it well within the story. I thought my query was pretty sharp. And, you know, I've already gotten a handful of rejections. And I'm just not optimistic that I will get any yeses. I am going to try to query 100 agents. That's the goal. 
Um, I haven't even reached 20 yet. I think I just got a little bit disheartened because of all the rejections. Um, and I can't get disheartened. I might take a break and start up more querying in the new year. Um, but I'm not stopping. But that was not the point of this advice. I feel like this episode is becoming very tangential. Uh, my boyfriend Nick would be proud of me for using that word because that's his word. Anyway, that's totally beside the point. Um, just I am just going into querying with low expectations, even if I think I have put in the work, even if I think my idea is catchy and well-presented. There's just a very deep pool of competition out there, and it's really hard to get um, any type of deal, even if you are a talented writer. So, you know, if you're new to this stuff and you don't have connections, um, it's kind of tough facts, but I would say don't expect anything from querying, um, but also don't let that dull your sparkle and your passion for writing. Number six, more metaphors and figurative language is not always better writing. Growing up, again, I absolutely loved metaphor and I love to incorporate it wherever possible. And I had a tendency to want to be more flowery and more descriptive. And in fact, the first story I ever queried, I was putting it in literary fiction, which I know that was the wrong category now. Um, but I think I was, you know, tending to see myself as a more literary author because I love metaphor and figurative language. And that's not as common in genre fiction. But with that being said, more metaphors and figurative language is not always better writing. Sometimes, you know, it is more impactful to the reader if you actually describe exactly what's going on versus a lofty conceptual metaphor. Number seven, do not wait too far into the novel to reveal big twists. Again, um, this is something I did with the sweep and I have a whole episode about the sweep and the five mistakes I think I made in that specific book. But this episode is just more comprehensive of my writing journey overall. Um, but a lot of the feedback I got from the sweep was that the story, you know, got better as it went on and it kind of got really juicy the last like 30 or 40 pages. But I think I would have had more traction in the sweep had I put those twists in earlier on. And I think that was something I fixed in my second work in progress. Um, I'm just calling it my second work in progress just for um, purposes of this podcast, but it's probably not my second work in progress. Um, but anyway, just don't wait too far to reveal the big twists. Keep the suspense up and um, keep the action coming, especially earlier on in the story when you really want to hook the reader. Number eight, a mistake I made was allowing my character to have long monologues of thinking without action. And I can even think of this work in progress that I was querying, and I can think of about the fourth or fifth chapter where there is this huge monologue of the character kind of gathering information and the plot being set up. And I'm like, ugh, I wish I would have made it more interactive either with other characters or my character was doing more. Um, so just don't allow pages to go by where your character is just thinking. You know, incorporate something into it, even if it's as simple as the character is sitting down and having a meal, that can add a little bit more interest than just a monologue of thoughts. Number nine, being more worried about hitting word count goals rather than doing quality writing. This is hard for me because I am 
a very numbers-driven person. I did major in finance. I work in the financial services industry. I like to measure things numerically. Um, Most of my podcast episodes are broken down into a numbered format. Um, I think it's great to have like a checklist for things that you want to do or accomplish. Um, But this work in progress that I'm working on right now, I'm really allowing myself to have more freedom and flexibility with it. Some days I have written over what is traditionally my daily word count goal of a thousand words. I've written like 1,200, 1,500, 2,000 words by not putting that cap on it. And some days I've written less than that. I've cut more, but I'm just not as much worried about the word count as I am the quality writing. I want the writing to be quality. If it's chapters are shorter, if it's a shorter book overall, I don't care. I just want it to be better quality. That being said, I don't think word count goals are bad when you're first starting off and you're kind of figuring out how to structure a novel and figuring out how to get through it. But at this point, you know, I've gone through a couple novels so far. <laughs> um, one is fully published. One is in the progress, in the process of being queried. A couple other ones are just sitting on my computer. But, um, you know, I think I have that experience now going from end to end and kind of knowing how to weave it all together. So I'm not going to worry about getting done as much as I am quality writing. And number 10, throwing in random scenes or characters in a later draft so things, quote unquote, make sense. Now, this is another function of being a pantser. Uh, Sometimes you don't have it figured out and that's okay and you just go with it and you want to get to the next part where you know what's going to happen and you're just going to think you're you can correct it in the next draft and everything will be fine and sometimes that does work out um but I really have to be careful with this because sometimes I can think of like a little juicy tidbit that I want to give my readers and then I do nothing with it or it just I just incorporate it back in a way that really doesn't add a lot of value to the story it might make sense on a surface level but it's not value adding to my story so If I'm throwing in a random scene or character, I need to understand how that correlates to the overall plot and theme of the story, and I can tie it in from an end-to-end perspective. So those were 10 mistakes I've made in my writing process. I am learning from these mistakes. I am growing from them. Um, Let me know what you think. What have you learned as a writer this year? I think it's really important to take a step back and reflect on any of the writing that you've done and really think about that and get yourself prepared for the new year. I think we'll have one or two more episodes this year and then we'll take a little break and then come back strong in 2022. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. As always, keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying, and I will talk to you on our next road trip.